0: Hey, everyone, welcome to another episode of the DLC Drop Podcast. Today, it's my pleasure to welcome Erin Ashley Simon. She's someone who's very well known in the gaming and esports spaces, a host, a producer. Uh, she's going to talk about her rise to the top and how she loves to give back to the community and everything she does. Let's talk to Erin. Drop in the untold stories of industry leaders, influencers, and insights on future innovation. I'm John Davidson, and this is the, the DLC, DLC Drop, Drop Podcast. Podcast. All right. I'm excited today to have Aaron Ashley Simon join me on the DLC Drop Podcast. Aaron, thank you for joining me today.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me today.
0: <laughs> I have just really enjoyed watching everything you've been doing. I think we were in the same room. Years ago, the first I think the day after the first Minneapolis Call of Duty League major, there was a a brunch, Gary Vaynerchuk was there, I think, and I remember looking over and and seeing you interviewing Gary and I and remember thinking, that's super cool, you know? (laughs) And then since then, obviously you did things before that, but you've been in Super Bowl commercials, part owner of Exet, a deal with Puma. You're doing everything. So, uh, why don't you take us back uh, to the very beginning of this? My first question for you is you know, did you have, when you were first starting out, whether it be high school, whether you were entering college, did you have a plan to be involved in esports and gaming, or did that uh, opportunity kind of magically appear?
1: I mean, I'll be honest. Uh, I just kind of stumbled into the industry. Uh, it was nothing that I planned on doing because that, was not, that wasn't anything that growing up was looked at as a potential career pathway. It just wasn't. Yeah. And so, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be in media. I always knew I wanted to do media work. So I started doing that at a very young age of 17 years old and have been okay. working in media and entertainment since then. And it just was... Honestly, it was just kind of like an opportunity that came across and I capitalized on it. So my friend was doing some work with the NBA 2K League. I was covering them from a uh, a print and digital perspective. And yeah. my friend, Jeff Eisenman, was like, hey, they're putting a show together. They need a co-host. They would love to get a, a, a woman to, you know, a, a woman guest or excuse me, a woman co-host along with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said that you'd be great. So I was like, yeah, that, that works 100%. And so, yeah. And then from there, it just was one thing after another. Ended up at Cheddar Esports. And then, you know, continued on from there. So it was just, I capitalized on an opportunity. I did well. I met the right people. I was like, I enjoyed this. I was already a gamer. Mm-hmm. And I did I did watch Esports, uh, different, various different uh, Esports scenes. And so from there, it just... Kind of went forward. I, I honestly, I didn't expect it. I think it really hit me when I signed with CAA that, okay, this can actually be a legitimate career for me.
0: Yeah. And I do want to get into that CAA aspect because I think it uh, later in the episode, because I think it's super uh, interesting as to, you know, how do you get there? Things of that nature. Uh, one thing about, you know, developing content, especially being an on-air personality is being able to do that, right? To, to speak clearly, to uh, think off the top of your head, to be able to uh, broadcast effectively. You talked about, you started doing this at 17. How do you start getting into media at 17 years old? I think that's pretty unique.
1: Yeah. So, I started a blog when I was younger called Box of Mess. It stood for music, entertainment, sports, and style. And the box was just the screen, um, your computer screen. And I started covering uh, AAU basketball and was interviewing some pretty solid basketball players who were in high school. And then it got to the point where I just started getting exclusive information, Mm. like the colleges that they're interested in and so forth. And then eventually I I went and covered McDonald's All-American Games, just basically where all the top players go and compete for women and men. And I had it kind of blew up. To the point where there's people from CBS, Fox Sports, ESPN, people were tuning in and and checking it out. And it was there. And during that time that I actually got some of my, um, I interacted with some of my mentors who are now who've been my mentor since then, which is crazy that it's been like 12 years since they've known me. And that was like my entryway. And also that was the, the the main factor that contributed to me changing my major. I originally Mm -hmm. was going to go to college for kinesiology.
0: Yeah. However, tell me about
1: that. Yeah. So I was always interested in science. I was always interested in like body, body movement, um, behavior, mental. So I had originally was going to go for kinesiology as well as having a minor in psychology. Okay. And so because of this blog, I really enjoyed hearing people's stories, talking to people, um, you know, occasionally writing. And so I was like, you know what i actually want to go to journalism like a journalism program i actually prefer this cool and that was actually one of the things that inspired me to transfer from Rutgers university to the university of kentucky mm-hmm. um and it was that website that really started everything for me moving forward
0: the dlc drop podcast is sponsored by ice shaker i've been a huge fan of this brand for the past few years ever since i met founder chris gronkowski Uh, What I love about this product is the brand story, the functionality, and the customization. iShaker is a Shark Tank company invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, owned by NFL players Rob Gronkowski and Chris Gronkowski. I love using my iShaker anytime I'm driving to the podcast studio, I'm going skateboarding, or I'm at the gym. No matter what I'm doing, it just does a great job of keeping my drinks hot or cold. The customization for iShaker is something that's super unique. You can get any name, just about any logo engraved onto your Shaker and delivered to you within just three to five business days. Get your own DLC drop branded ice shaker at ice shaker.com forward slash DLC drop. Save 20% on all ice shaker products with the discount code DLC drop. That's amazing. A lot of people didn't know this, but I was going to be a welder. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, I was all signed up for all these welding classes. Uh, I, I did it in high school, kind of had a knack for it uh, randomly. And um, I was a sponsored skateboarder all throughout high school. And so uh, one day I spent um, the afternoon at the skate shop that I was skating for. And I always wanted to work for them, but they wouldn't hire me because of like a conflict of interest. Like, oh, you're a sponsored writer. And if something happens there, then it affects your employment, whatever. Well, they were so busy this day They're like, John, can you go back to the skateboard wall and just help people pick out some skateboards? And, you know, at that time I'd been skating for eight, nine years. I didn't know how much I knew about the products, all the details until I started selling them. And so I spent the whole afternoon helping parents choose the right skateboard, the right trucks, the right wheels, the right bearings for their kids. And I so fell in love with it that the next day I went to the college counselor's office and changed all my classes to business. So similar in that regard. That's crazy. Um, so you cha- so you went from Rutgers, you went to mm-hmm. University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I think is super amazing, I saw this... Uh, you know, this headline, I'm excited to talk to you about it, is the um, the scholarship that you're doing. I think it's an. is it called the Internship Fund? Do I have that correct?
1: Yeah, they're in Ashley Simon, uh, eSports Internship Fund.
0: That's got to be an amazing experience that you... Were a student at this school, a very prestigious school as well. I mean, everybody knows University of Kentucky, especially NCAA basketball, and to have your name attached to that. And then for you to really, because from what I understand, I was reading the article this morning, is you're giving people experience and knowledge beyond the classroom, right? To then uh, delve into a career in esports I talk to people all the time about how can I get into these sports? What do I do? My answer is typically volunteer, you know, um, find the extra time, develop these relationships, learn what you enjoy doing, learn what you don't enjoy doing. But it sounds like what you're doing here is giving people an extra step forward. Share what that's all about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, you know, everyone's route in life is different and that's completely okay. But I, I'm someone who actually does support getting an education in some shape or form and -hmm. education doesn't necessarily have to be going to college. Um, It can also be just getting hands-on experience. However, um, the one thing that I've realized is that there are certain professions that do require for you to go to college in some shape or form that are needed in the industry. And so for me, you know, I know right now there's a little bit of a lack of guidance in terms of like, where do you go? How do you start when it comes to esports? So the most important thing that I wanted from those who, you know, received this, this fund is that I I wanted them to still continue their passion um, and pursue whatever they're interested in esports, but also like take the time to figure out what exactly they want to do in esports. Not everyone, to be honest, mm. not everyone's going to be a broadcaster. Not everyone's right. going to be a pro player. Not everyone's going to be a content creator or influencer. There's other spaces that you could still be successful And that's kind of the important point that I wanted to hone in on is success doesn't mean that you just have to be those three things. Like you could, you could be the head of an org. You could be the head of finance. Like there's other, Mm -hmm. there's other values that you can provide for the industry. And also there's spaces that actually, since there's not a whole lot of people. There's more that you can do. Um, Mm. And my whole philosophy is I want those who receive this fund to be successful in life, period. I understand there are esports degrees and there's all these different things i'm not really big on those because Mm -hmm. first of all esports is very vast that's like you know i think that there are certain qualities and certain classes and certain topics that can go across the board in esports the same way like you know there's marketing right marketing can be in all different kinds of sports but also each sport a traditional sport is very specific. The same yeah. thing in esports. Every single esports competitive scene is very specific and has different terminology and all these different things. So I never truly feel that like putting everything in one should be the way to go. I think there should be an intro to esports, like class and stuff, and intros. But I don't think having like a degree itself is the best way to go about it. Just me personally, I don't have any shade towards anyone who does it. Sure. So I was just like, hey, why don't we create a, a internship fund? where not only will they get experience, hand on experience at the University of Kentucky who's partnered with Gen G. So you already have a credible org that's helping, cool. mm-hmm. um, but also connections are so important. So I have a lot of relationships, G yeah. does, UK. It's like, not only do we want these people to gain experiences, but we also wanted them to get, which is the hardest thing, is have the necessary network and connections that they could continue on with their career and be successful. Also- Absolutely. I want them to be able to take classes and and partake in other extracurricular activities so that they could be a, a well-rounded individual and also they may not end up going to esports. So if you don't Great. go into esports. That doesn't mean, you know, I want you to be successful whether you go somewhere else. Like you can work for Major League Baseball and help them with their esports. That's not sure. directly in esports, but it's something that's adjacent. So I want them to be successful in life, and that's the most important thing to me. And then another thing, too, that I really emphasize is that regardless of what their major is, they need a business minor or major.
0: I'm so with you on this. Oh my gosh, keep going, yeah.
1: (laughs) Because you know me, I, I was a journalism major and I was a business minor. Yeah, And I have to say, part of the reason that I'm successful right now in the manner that I am is because I understand business. Like I can have these conversations. I can sit in meetings with my agent and be like, and and be part of that negotiation conversation or ask the right questions. Or even, I even sometimes read my own contracts uh, while my agent and my lawyer read my contracts. And then I have my own thoughts and questions. Um, you right. know, I, I took classes on accounting and finance and management. So I understand business, even if it's from a, a basic level, it's enough mm-hmm. for me to be able to navigate. And I always say like, there's no problem with people being about the arts but you need to understand business and understand the yeah. basics of business will help you understand some some shape or form of what's going on in what you do and what's going on in the world. And that's so important. I know it's boring. I know sometimes <laughs> it's hard, you know, especially if you're not a math person, but you know, it's so important to, I always say it's always important to understand where your money is going and where it's coming from, even from just the basic fundamentals of just that.
0: I could not relate to you more on that. <laughs> the way that I put it very concisely is an education in business enables you to understand how to make money doing what you love or sometimes that what you love doesn't make any money.
1: Mm, yep, And to good. avoid it.
0: Like a lot of people are like, John, you're gonna open a skate shop? And I'm like, no, cause I can't afford to l- lose money owning a skate shop. Hopefully one day I'm so successful that I can lose money owning a skate shop, but it's just not a viable business currently. I love the the other aspect. You know what I'm getting from you is you're very open-minded. You're. It sounds like you're supporting people to find success in whatever way they can or whatever path they want to go down. You're not saying, hey, I'm in this space, I want you to do it, this, that, and the other. Young people, specifically, You know, don't hold these careers in one industry or one job for 25 years like we've seen in the past. And I think what you're saying here is there's a lot that can be learned that maybe now is directly relevant to esports that may aid you down the road as well, even if you go into something completely unassociated with esports.
1: Yeah. And I also think that, like, for me, I want them to learn to be well-equipped so that they don't constantly make the same mistakes that I've made mm. uh, and when I came up and also that they don't get taken advantage of. I think, yeah. you know, of course, we all make mistakes. We all learn the hard way. But if you know, if you have people, if you have um, those who are in the industry, who are out of the industry, because the other thing, too, is JMI is getting involved. They're not in esports, but they handle with a lot of the big brands that are associated with UK. Mm -hmm. So they understand that side of the business. So it's like you have Genji, you have them. And also, I'm also going to be part of that mentoring program, too. So you have very credible individuals who can help the students navigate so that they don't feel lost, so that they... Don't make some of the mistakes that we've made growing up, you know, of course, they'll make it on their own, but at least they have more of the guidance and support to say, hey, if you don't know how to do this, this is the first step or learn this or do this. And especially it's so important. Another emphasis on the scholarship is that it is for low income youth. So, Even better. yeah, yeah, for those who have need who have financial needs. And that's so important because most of those individuals, um, most of those kids, you know, they may not have access to this information because of resources, because of financial reasons or because they don't have anyone around them. And yeah. so, you know, I always I always say, like, just because someone has some kind of obstacle, whether it's they're from a low income area or any other obstacle, it doesn't mean that they don't deserve to have a chance to earn a specific space or a position or, 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 you know, help the industry go and grow in some shape or form. And if anything, I'm a firm believer that the more people from different backgrounds, different places, the better the industry is going to be because someone who is more well-off is not going to think the same way as someone who had to grow up being very focused on finances in the sense that they're low income. So they're more focused on making sure they don't overspend and all these different things. Right. So it's different mentalities that will help the industry, but also like equipping people who don't necessarily have the means to get access to a lot of this information and, and things like that. And and also it's like, you know, I, it, I, it comes from a place too where I think, I think many times we all have to understand the concept of privilege. You know, yeah. I think that privilege isn't necessarily like skin color. Privilege could be act, the access that you have. It could be that you were right. born in a middle class family compared to, you know, low income. And just, you know, and when you get to a certain point in your career, you have to understand what value or privilege that you have. And you had someone who helped you along the way. Yeah. So it's good to always pay it forward and to help those behind because to me it's more important to leave a legacy like i don't want to just be known for Aaron does this kind of broadcast she's a great, great broadcaster i want to be yeah. known for changing people's lives and if it's two five people then that mm. to me that's success in itself
0: that's amazing i was talking to somebody the other day who's this real high level dude global president of companies and things like that and he was talking about how you know, you know, being a white male, for example, you have a certain amount of privilege. And while you don't need to apologize for the way you were born, be aware of what you have and how you can help others Mm -hmm. who either don't have that privilege, don't have that platform, etc. So I think that's amazing that you're aware of the platform you have, and you're helping people without the opportunity, providing that opportunity to them speaking of opportunity let's talk a little about caa and your your road there so <laughs> i think that's super cool you're doing so many things i'm curious how how much does ca play a role in that and also before we get to that part talk about how you how you accomplished that how did they uh, get their eyes on you and how did how did that come to fruition
1: yeah, so how how it happened was when I was at Cheddar Esports, I created my reel, mm-hmm. uh, you know, have a, an amazing, amazing individual who helped train me for broadcasting at Cheddar. Her name is Barbara, and we we packaged it together. We got a really good reel. And then, you know, the great thing is with my job at Cheddar Esports, I was able to talk to so many different people. So from there. I, you know, I was starting to work with brands like at and and there was more people hitting me up. And I was just like, I can't manage this on my own. I need representation. So I, I hit up some of the people that I know. And I was like, Hey, do you by chance know anyone who are, who's at these agencies? Because it's hard when it comes to representation, it's either they come across you or you have to find a way to directly get to them. And uh, I didn't immediately think Oh, let me go to LinkedIn. I don't know why I didn't do that, but I just like <laughs> hit up some of the people that I have relationships with yeah. and I packaged it, everything together. I literally set up the real additional information, you know, why, you know, why I would love to sign with them. And then it was, I sent the email to the people I knew and then they forwarded, it. And then it was from there that they were interested. Like CA was one of the first to say, oh my gosh, we love you. Like, let's talk. And then it was a six month process. Like, I don't like especially when it comes to decisions like that, I don't like rushing.
0: that's the one yeah. thing I
1: appreciate from the agents was like they didn't rush they took their time um, my contract was only two pages which is wonderful um, and they really understood me and they really you know got the kind of person I am. you know I, I, it's hmm. funny I straight up told I straight up told um, the agent uh, his name is David Coonan and I uh, David Coonan and Matthew Olson I straight up told them, hey, I'm the kind of I'm very persistent. Um, I'm the kind of talent that I don't want you to tell me that I can't do something. I I'm a solution oriented person. We need to figure it out. And I'm also sometimes very blunt. Hmm. I was like, if you can handle these things, then I'm cool. Also, I'm the kind of person I want a relationship with my agent. I don't want to just hear from you when you have business stuff. I want to be able to say, Hey, how about we tackle this? How about we do this? Hmm. What's what's happening now? What are the conversations you're having? Like I always want to be in the know when it comes to my business, and also my IP. Because at the end of the day, Smart. if things go wrong, it's on me. It's it's gonna impact it's your me, name. not as much them. It's my name, yeah. So yeah. they were very okay with it. And so it was between them and another agency. And I chose them because, you know, they have a gaming division. Mm-hmm. So they have agents who are in gaming and esports. So, but I don't wanna just be in esports and gaming. Like yeah. I have other passions that I wanna do. Like I wanna host a cooking food show. Like I wanna do a travel show. Cool. And I just felt that they had a lot more resources and were focused in on like yeah Erica do esports sports and gaming and she's building in this pathway and it's 100% okay but like she wants to do other things so let's let's focus on that so it's been really great since then my my agent that I fo- like I work with predominantly now his name is Marco Cotelli. okay so uh but he's awesome he's young like me he's hungry like me so it's just it's just a really great pairing but the crazy thing is I wasn't even big when they signed me, like they really saw the potential in me, which I really appreciated. And they understood, Hey, we're going to have to put in work to help build you up more, but you, you, you have the foundation. And then from there, it just took off, you know, with Puma and a bunch of other stuff from there.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I have a couple questions about that. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, uh, you're legit the moment people think you are. And I'm such a I'm always mind blown at how much perception is reality. And so it seems that a lot of times you are trying to gain a following or um, build uh, an audience. It's a little bit cart and horse. You know, it's like, I don't want to say fake it to make it, but you have to kind of take on a certain mindset. And it's like, OK, how do you get the followers if you don't have the followers? It's kind of like, how do you get a job if you don't have experience sort of a thing? So what was effective for you? You said, before I had a big following, I was able to get these people. And a lot of people listening will probably think, well, if I don't have a big following or, you know, who's going to sponsor me, who's going to back me, who's going to represent me? Um, What are some nuggets of wisdom you can share for people who are in that situation who have potential, but they're just, they don't feel like they're quite there yet?
1: You have to know what your value is. Some people's values are that they have a big following, but that's not the case for everyone. I think for me, one of the values that I have is like, listen, I may not have a big following, but I'm an influencer who influences other influencers. So I'm a thought leader. I like that. I'm a thought leader and I'm an influencer who, when I say things, some of the people's favorite creators or execs or people, they pay attention to what I do. They pay attention to what I say. They may not always engage my content, but they'll see it. The amount of times Mm. I've been out and about and I've had people come up to me and literally say, Hey, Aaron, I'm such a big fan of you. I've never seen them interact with my content, but they see it. Wow. And there's value in that. It's not just about retweets and engagement, but it's the fact that there are people in high positions or or influencers themselves that see my work. Yeah. And are like, I love it. So and that's the value that I have where it's like whatever I do, especially if it's big, people are gonna pay attention to it. And if anything, it's helped to it's helped to market me a lot more because it seems like word of mouth is a lot more of my value point as well that ties to it mm-hmm. so it's just like you have to figure out like what's your value besides your numbers also my value is i do major broadcasts and tv and super bowl stuff like yeah. so regardless if people realize i'm a part of your brand or not if they see me they're gonna go back to my account they're gonna go back to my work and see also like i can wear puma sneakers in a broadcast yeah. i've worn Turtle Beach. Headsets in a broadcast. So you're tapping into different markets and different spaces beyond just what you currently have. Um, And another value point that I have is I know how to take esports and gaming information and put it in a digestible manner. So for those who aren't intimidated. So it's like, sometimes people look at the hardcore people but it's like, what about the silent supporters? What about the more casual people? They're there, they may not engage as much but they're there and they're willing to learn. So it's like like the way that I was able to break down some of these value points, people have to really take the time and sit with themselves and say, okay, what do I do really well? Mm. What are some of my skill sets? You know, even from a broadcaster, I know what my main skill sets are as a broadcaster. So it's like you have to be able to understand those and easily convey them. Because most times, if you don't have representation, you only maybe get 30 seconds to a minute to pitch yourself. Um, And so you have to do that. Another kind of hack that I do is finding ways to provide value for someone else so that they provide value to you. So at Cheddar Esports, I would bring in different guests of different levels. It doesn't always have to be executives. It could be up and coming people. And I just, for me, it was just about I want, those people were valuable because of their perspective, their knowledge and their information. I didn't care how many followers they had. I just know they were credible. Mm. So from there, I built such relationships with people because I didn't focus on just, oh, who's who. I just want to help people of all different sizes. Like yeah. I've always been like that. Like, to be honest, like I never gave a crap about like how many people, how many followers someone has. Cause I worked at entertainment long enough. I've seen the good and the bad. So like that <laughs> stuff doesn't bother me, right? So. Yeah. It's like providing a value. And like cheddar esports, that was my hack where I built relationships with people organically show that I could provide value to them and help them. And then in return, like without me asking, they would help me. And even now people, it's the same thing. We help each other and that's how it should be. So it's understanding the values that you have and being able to convey those values first about how you can help others hmm. before you go and ask for something. When you get to a point where people know who you are, yeah. and then at that point, like, they're very well aware of what your value is and then you can start asking for stuff. But like, until then, you just got to build up your credibility and show the value you have consistently, um, be able to convey it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, from there, it just becomes a little bit easier.
0: I love that. One thing I'm uh, getting from you here is uh, knowing your value and then communicating effectively requires confidence, right? And so I think a lot of people listening might be sitting there and say, Oh, I'm a little timid. What if you know? What if I can't do it? What if you know? What if I'm not that valuable? What if they say no? Have you always been a confident person, or did you do something to uh, help attain that?
1: Uh, I mean, yes and no. I I also was someone where it's like just fake it till you make it. If if you just if you don't believe in yourself at a certain point, just act like you do, and eventually you will feel it. Because uh, I mean, point. imposter syndrome is a big thing. Like everyone deals with it even sometimes I still deal with it sometimes. Sure. Um, But for me, I just pushed through. I said, you know what? I love what I do. I'm going to put, I'm going to do my best. And that's all I can do is just do my best, whether someone likes it or not. And I think that, you know, Ultimately, like at some point, like you have to believe in yourself or else how can you expect others to believe in you? If you're not, yeah. if you're, you're not your biggest supporter, your biggest cheerleader. How can you ask anyone else to be your biggest supporter and biggest cheerleader? So it really starts with you. One of the things that I did to kind of help with that confidence, to be honest, like one of the things that I've done that really helped me to become better. What I do is I went to therapy, you know, yep. there were certain things, experiences and internal things that could prevent my success because of triggers that I didn't realize could be more of a harmful thing than a positive thing. Yeah. So there's a lot of like introspective aspects that goes towards building that confidence and then just putting out a great work. And also like when you work on that introspective stuff, it's not just confidence. I think that helps, it's groundness. Like you also mm. have to ground yourself so that you don't allow your fears to make you make poor decisions. Yeah. You're in the present. When you're in the present, you're not anxious and thinking about the future or the past. And also it keeps your ego in check. And also your ego is part of that too.
0: Important. Yeah, no, I'm a big believer in that. I appreciate you touching on it. You mentioned Puma. I love apparel. I love footwear. Tell us a little bit about what you do with Puma.
1: Yeah, no problem. So with Puma, I am an ambassador for them. I was the face of their esports line. But I also have done you know, some uh, other things outside of just eSports for them. I've also have, uh, was part of their Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, There's some other initiatives that they have me work with. uh, They also have me work with a a nonprofit that helps with um, giving out grants and funds to companies in eSports and gaming that focus on women and and non-binary individuals and providing opportunities and resources to help and assist them in the eSports and gaming space. So I really work with them not only in terms of being uh, representative but also just talking to them about ways that we can like give back and help. I um, mean, that's the same. Th- I mean, that's for all the brands that I work with. Uh, what I do is I, you know, before I sign with any company or org or brand or anything, I, I always say, hey, I'm all about giving back and giving back in a mm-hmm. genuine manner. Like I understand business is business, but I also think that it's important that we we provide value and we help others with the resources that we have. If you're not on board with that, then you don't align with me. So I'm very big on, aligning with brands that have individuals internally mm-hmm. um, who understand the kind of person I am, who understand my values and uh, wanna support me in that journey. Cause like I'm, I know what a value I'm providing to the brand and the company. Yeah. And I also need that to be reciprocated beyond just, hey, here's, a, here's pay and here's product. Like I, you can go to any company or brand and get that. It's just more so like for me, what makes me wanna stick with the company and what makes me want to continue building are those other additional factors of giving back, which is so crucial.
0: Yeah, I hear you talking about with Puma, with CAA, you're dictating the terms here. You know, you're going to people and you say, I need to have this, I need to have this, I need to have this. I think that's awesome because a lot of people dealing with these big brands, these big companies might have the perspective of, oh, what if they say no? I can't ask for, you know, it's, it's kind of like buying a car at the car dealership <laughs> in a way. You know, I, I think part of it is if you don't do that up front, you end up in a situation you didn't want to be in is... Is that part of your thought process of, I know I can look forward, I'm in high demand, I have this value and so I do have the ability and there is a need to demand these things or, or do you think about it another way? I think it's amazing that you have a clear vision of what you want and what you're telling you need if you're gonna be a part of somebody.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I always say I'm respectfully honest, so I will, you know, myself or my team will say, hey, this is not enough or hey, uh, you know, the, we're we're very transparent. For me, like the transparency and conversation is the most important thing. Mm. And you know, even when even when I have conversations with my agents, how we assess deals, how we assess um, projects or anything like that, it's not. Uh, always it's not about money it's not always about money i mean granted do i need to get paid for you know appropriate pay for my time and my you gotta work keep yeah, the lights on. yeah yeah you got to you know i got things to take care of but sometimes we'll take a look at certain situations and they'll be like hey this may not pay a lot like for example i've, I've shot pilots for shows pilots typically you won't get a whole lot of money for because it, it hasn't get picked up right so he'll be like hey do this It's not the highest, you know, it's not a lot of money, but that's okay because the goal is for this to get picked up. And then that is a great opportunity, you know, and also if you do X, Y, and Z, yeah, you may not get paid a whole lot. It may be, you know, this situation, but these are the benefits later on. So how we go about it is it's assessing every single situation individually and determining does this make sense for my long-term goals or is this just a short-term situation where it's like, hey, it's 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 not too much. It's not too too demanding. You get you get solid money from it. It doesn't yeah. hurt to do it, you know. Because sometimes you know it's nice. You know it's nice to get a check now and then. You know, i time <laughs> freelancing life. Like, yeah, don't apologize for
0: getting some checks in the mail.
1: Yeah, it's okay with that, but. For, I'm always very strategic and mindful about how the moves that I make and the things that I do in my team. It's funny because sure. a lot of I've had a lot of people saying, Aaron, you're doing so many things, you're everywhere. To be honest, I'm not. I'm not doing a whole lot of things. Hmm. It's just I, we strategically pick the places that will have me everywhere and Smart. I don't yeah. have to do as much work. You know, in that sense of like doing 5,000 projects when I actually just did five. It just seems like I'm doing 5,000 because you're seeing me in this commercial on Hulu. You're seeing me on on TV. You're seeing me in digital. You're seeing me as a guest as that, but really we're not doing 5,000 things. It's just being strategic about it.
0: Smart. Yeah. And there's a balance too of short-term goals and long-term goals, right? Like you need the check today, but you also want the big check or the reoccurring check that takes longer for that to come to fruition. And then the other thing I'm hearing from you is there's more types of value than just financial value. Yeah. And how can you be strategic and mindful of, okay, I'm doing this thing that's not paying me today, but the way it positions me in this industry, for example, now I have opportunities to go get paid that I wouldn't have if I didn't do this thing that was free.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's different values. So like, for example, right, uh, as part of the co-owner uh, group for Exet, I, I, do, I do I do get stock. And so even though, you know, for those who may not be familiar with stocks and stock options and, and equity, like, you know, you're not going to see the return on investment until later on, you know, right. um, and so with that, I see the long term, right? It may not be immediately, but if this is successful then the long term value is tremendous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, I'll do that. And then sometimes it'll be like, hey, it doesn't pay a whole lot, but this is great content that this is a great opportunity that we can use to sell you in a different space. So we actually have a proof of concept. So there's yeah. different there's different values that we assess with every single thing that I do. Some of it is a combination of multiple. It would be like, oh, this is very big, like a commercial, very big exposure, and a really nice check. Okay, cool.
0: Yeah, and some where it's
1: like, where it's like, hey, uh, it doesn't pay as much, but it gets you in with the head of talents at these big networks. And if because I, you know, I shot a without giving too much detail. I I've done pilots before, and I've done stuff um, where no one really knows. And because I did that, these companies are like. Oh, we're interested in having you do other shows. Yeah, So it's like, you know, and it didn't. So even though it didn't pay well, it got me in front of the right people and the heads who made the decisions about, OK, we want to put her in for this to be considered for this show. We want to put her in to get considered for that show. So that means I get more work, which will be work that pays well, too.
0: Yeah. No, I love that strategy. And, you know, I know you've got a busy day today. Today is one of those days where you're doing things. So I want to be respectful of your time. Could obviously talk to you forever and dig deeper in these topics. Um, Before we let you go, though, today, um, Mm -hmm. is there anything that's coming up you want to tease with the audience? Um, Whatever you can share.
1: Oh, boy, what can I share? I mean, I've been doing, like, I've been doing a lot of cool things. I've been on G4TV, spoke about gaming stuff with uh, Kind of Blessing from Kind of Funny Vids. Exit, we have some really dope announcements coming up. I can't really say what, but we do have some really great announcements coming up in the next few months. And uh, also, I mean... I'm a busy gal. So you'll you'll see some of the projects that I've worked on that I, I've uh, been NDA'd up the wazoo, but when they release, I will make it known on LinkedIn and Twitter and social media. Most of the platforms, you can just type Aaron Ashley Simon to find me or Aaron A. Simon to find me and you'll catch everything I do there
0: perfect that was my next question and you you answered it before i asked so aaron i just so appreciate your time today um i think our audience learned a ton i learned a ton personally on uh from your amazing journey and we're gonna be excited to watch you continue to rise to the stars thank you for joining me today on the dlc drop podcast thank you so much thank you for listening to the dlc drop podcast This podcast is part of the Esports Futuri Podcast Network and produced by Innovation Media Enterprises. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast channel and leave us a review.